WDEL On Demand, brought to you by Stanley Steamer. Air duct cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. And does this set up Turkey for improved relations with the United States, despite Turkey's own persecution of its own journalists? Kind of a curious thing there. Of course, we did have the release of the Christian clergyman a short time ago. Paul Shakeman, national security writer, senior writer, U.S. News and World Report, live from Washington. And, and Paul, is it just coincidence that the Turks released uh, that Christian minister a short time before the uproar began, it would seem? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It, it certainly seems as though the two incidents both align with what it is that Turkey is trying to achieve here, which is uh, sort of put pressure on the U.S., but still trying to maintain those relations, and, and certainly, in the long run, call out Saudi Arabia. Um, from the people that I've been speaking with, the release of the pastor, I think, was was somewhat coincidental. That was the result of a previously scheduled court hearing that had been put in place months uh, months ago, and it had been sort of thought for a while that this might be the one where he's finally released and sent home. That had been something that the Trump administration had made very clear that it wants. Um, but it certainly tried to kind of tie this into uh, uh, this this sort of series of events of trying to get somewhat close relations back with the U.S. and uh, call out Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Of course, we had the coup attempt against Erdogan, and uh, that was maybe the low, and then the election, but also uh, the uh, as a result of the coup or uh, using the coup as an excuse, uh, the uh, prosecution of many, many Turks, including journalists and others, going after the Kurds, whatever. And so uh, U.S.-Turkish relations went way low even before trump became president but then we've seen a, st- a steady recovery yeah i mean it's sort of hard to know exactly you're absolutely right about those series of events that kind of led to this strange fissure between the u.s and turkey and i remind your listeners who i'm sure know that turkey is a nato ally it's not common that formal allies like the u.s and turkey uh have these kinds of rifts and indeed you know turkey has become a huge talking point for the u.s in recent years is it conducts wars in majority Muslim countries, it points to the fact that, you know, it's got a majority Muslim formal ally in Turkey. It's hard to know exactly what's been driving this rift. You've cited some very good examples of some of the specific actions that the Erdogan government has has taken that have certainly um, caused problems for the U.S.-Turkish relationships. A lot of people point to the fact that this might have been the result of a perception that the Obama administration was pulling away. Um, And uh, he certainly is, you know, looking for an opportunity to put increased pressure on the U.S. to get what he wants by aligning with countries like Russia and Iran in in Syria. But, yeah, no doubt the relationship has suffered, although it does seem to be improving now a little bit. Well, the other actor I haven't mentioned is Israel, unless we forget Mm. before the uh, victory of the Islamist-leaning party of Erdogan, uh, Israel had a close uh, security intelligence relationship with uh, Turkey, and then that, uh, of course, deteriorated, that flotilla supported by Turkey. And uh, Mm -hmm. now uh, uh, Israel and, and Saudi Arabia have a relationship that might have been unimaginable two decades ago uh, for a tacit relationship uh, vis-a-vis Iran. And so maybe that's the other part of this equation that hurts U.S.-Turkish relations, and that is the greater Turkish animosity to Israel in recent years. Yeah, it's been interesting looking at that relationship between Israel and Saudi Arabia, because on on paper, the the, the two are not not allies. And it's interesting watching the uh, rhetoric that kind of bounces back and forth when there are reports about Israeli or Saudi generals meeting with their counterparts in the other country. Basically, on paper, they are not allies, but in practice, they are. When there was this perception that the U.S. was moving away from 
the region, there was no other alternative but for these two countries to at least share intelligence, if not actually operate in tandem. As as you say, they try to contain their uh, collective enemy in um, in Iran. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Actually, just a few minutes before we connected, Axios broke a story that the Trump administration apparently has told the French president that he's willing to put pressure on Israel uh, through the military aid that the U.S. gives it Israel in a way to achieve um, a some sort of beginning to a peace process between Israel and Palestine. It's yeah. interesting that military aid is exactly what we're talking about on the line here between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. Well, if you want to be really, really cynical, maybe it's the the president's son-in-law has suffered by virtue of his close relationship with Saudi Arabia. But if he can uh, somehow uh, re-inject the Israeli-Palestinian peace process, uh, maybe that gets him back to even keel. Yeah, it's certainly possible. <laughs> but I think it sort of speaks to, you know, the high regard that this administration views, you know, business transactions. And in this case... Yes military aid. It's an incredibly effective way to both spur allies into doing what you want, but also maintaining alliances once you have them. Uh, that's what's on the line right now. They're buying time to see what Saudi Arabia does in this situation to see what comes next. Let me so, ask you a final question, and I hinted at this when I first communicated with you, and that is uh, we're seeing uh, a, a, a drip, drip of stories now uh, reporting on what Americans maybe had not considered, and that is mm-hmm. the Saudis over the generations, uh, but certainly over the last 20 years, have insinuated themselves into all kinds of of American institutions, political, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, military, think tank, New York, Silicon Valley, even entertainment industry, you name it. And they've uh, they've either uh, uh, paid lobbyists or they've provided gifts or they somehow mm-hmm. have uh, bought over a tremendous part of the U.S. establishment. Yes, a lot of Republicans, but some Democrats, too. Mm-hmm. And only with the, the whole thing of the 9-11 families uh, going out, get, getting uh, a deal to go after the Saudis, that was the one breach into what had been a, a very uh, steadfast wall of U.S. support for Saudi Arabian interests. I mean, it's been fascinating watching the whole stutter step in terms of how senior U.S. officials talk about Saudi Arabia now, because uh, a lot of the language that senior members of Congress are, 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 are using is very different than they were before. Exactly as you said, you only need to look at the Crown Prince's recent tour of the U.S. to see how entrenched Saudi Arabia has become in Silicon Valley and Hollywood and all these business hubs throughout the country. Uh, now we've been seeing all of these companies sort of do a double take about what they do as they proceed. Some private companies, including media outlets, I think that the New York Times is one of them, has withdrawn from this big fundraising conference that Saudi Arabia is planning to host at the end of the year. Um, it's really put a lot of, it's really forced a lot of very prominent elements of the U.S., governmental, private media, to reconsider what its relationship with Saudi Arabia is and whether it's strong enough to continue as it was before. So does the U.S. need Saudi Arabia more than Saudi Arabia needs the U.S. or vice versa? So it's been interesting hearing U.S. officials talk in recent weeks, largely on background about how, yes, Saudi Arabia is a key ally. Yes, Saudi Arabia is still the sort of main power in that part of the world. But we have a lot of other allies that we can rely on as well. So it all comes down to practically, yes, the U.S. can still carry out the wars in the Middle East without Saudi Arabia. But when you look at the effect that Saudi Arabia has over its own allies and then, you know, what future U.S. policy 
policy might mean in the Middle East. Kind of hard to imagine yeah. any of that taking place without a strong relationship between Riyadh and, and Washington. And unless we forget uh, the um, really moneyed country per capita next to Saudi Arabia is the United Arab Emirates, and they're yeah. doing all, all kinds of deals. A, a UAE firm recently uh, took over uh, operations for future projects at the Port of Wilmington, Delaware, for example, and with, with huh. very little public debate as to whether there were any uh, military implications of that. But we'll leave it there, and nice talking to you, Paul Shinkman of U.S. News and World Report covering national security issues. All the best. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us.